0: Bitch, please. Oh bitch, please buy air.
1: You want a sandwich?
2: Did that. Oh hell yeah.
1: She's a bad man at home. I'm a black man in the white world. I'm a
0: black man in a white world. If I wasn't a Christian man, I'd probably be kicking in your ass. Yeah. Welcome to the latest episode of the JB's Low Tech Podcast. A common theme in my interviews is people who overcome adversity are just a tough road to hoe in life. And my next guest will talk about his experiences with that here next on the JB's Low Tech Podcast.
2: Our summers are so short in Minnesota, it can be easy to forget about important safety measures. And when extreme heat is involved, safety is even more critical. Here are a few things to remember to keep you and your loved ones, including your pets, safe and comfortable. One, remember to not leave your pets and kids in your vehicle. Two, always stay hydrated in hot weather. Three, avoid exercise during the hottest times of the day. Four, stay in air conditioning as much as possible. Five, when traveling, stay sky aware. Check the forecast prepare for unsafe driving conditions, thunderstorms, and tornadoes. High temperatures kill hundreds of people every year, but most heat-related deaths and illnesses are preventable. If we all slow down, take some time, check on our loved ones, and enjoy the beautiful season. I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. I hope you're never injured in a collision, but if you are, don't sign anything until you've talked to us.
1: Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys, at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Bradshaw and Bryant.
2: Let's get retarded in here. Context, there's no disrespect. So when I bust my rhyme, you break your necks. We got five minutes for us to disconnect from all intellect and let the rhythm affect. lose inhibition, follow your intuition, free your inner soul and break away from tradition. Cause when we be out, girl is pulling weave out. You wouldn't believe how we wow shit out. We burn it till it burned out, turn it till it's turned out. Act up from northwest, east, south. Everybody, yeah.
1: everybody, let's yeah. get into so, it. Yeah. Get
0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the JB's Low Tech Podcast. And as I stated earlier, before we went to commercial break, one of the common themes of my podcast is overcoming and succeeding. And today's guest clearly did that as a golden gopher. He was a uh, second-team All-Big Ten defensive lineman and uh, All-Big uh, all Ten academic. And one heck of a nice guy... And when you got the thumbs up from Dick Matson, that's all you needed. Today's guest is former Denver Bronco, former Golden Gopher, Carl Mecklenburg. How you doing, Meck? I'm good, JP. I've been trying to uh, get a hold of you ever since I saw your name pop up on Twitter. And I was like, that is clearly somebody I would like to have on my podcast. Uh, I've, I've interviewed Ma- Paul Molitor to John Anderson. Anderson and all type of other gophers, but your story really resonates to me. And we were just kind of talking about um, uh, the struggles that you had making it as a gopher. And uh, so, is it? Uh, would you like to touch that at all? Touch sure. That? Yeah,
1: so- yeah. I was not. I was not the uh, blue chip guy. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I was a JV player as a junior in high school. Um, didn't make a varsity team. As a senior in high school, I was all state as a tight end and a defensive end, but I was only six feet tall and 200 pounds when I graduated high school. I grew three inches and 40 pounds my first year of college. Uh, the Gophers recruited me. It looked like I was going to the university there, uh, but um, on signing day, uh, somebody they didn't expect to sign, signed a guy who was getting recruited by, uh, by Notre Dame. So, uh, they didn't have a scholarship for me. Uh, I hadn't even looked at any other colleges. I, I, I made some phone calls, um, ended up going to Augustana college in Sioux Falls, South Dakota on a one third scholarship, uh, played at Augustana for a couple years. Um, and after my second year there, I had grown three inches and 40 pounds. Like I said, I got good. My second year there, I led the team in sacks, played every down on defense, um, was a, was a leader. And, uh, the coaches came to me, um, I was thinking they were going to ask me to, to take a full scholarship instead of this partial scholarship, which is what they had talked about with my family before, uh, before I signed with them. They mm-hmm. said, you know, if you, if you uh, contribute, uh, we'll bump you up to a full scholarship later. So anyway, they come to me and, and the first thing out of the coach's mouth was, uh, Carl, we know your dad's a doctor, he can afford this school, we're going to take away your scholarship and use it to bring someone else in. Uh, so I, so I left Augustana and I had, and I went back to Minnesota. Um, uh, Joe, Joe Salem was the head coach then. Uh, and, and he had before, he wasn't the guy who had recruited me. It was the guy before Joe Salem who recruited me. Mm-hmm. So, so I went back, uh, walked on, uh, got to work with Tony Dungy that year. Um, he was the graduate assistant. Yes. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, Shanahan had, had was just leaving when I was coming uh, but yeah we had some we had some good coaches i I was able to work with uh, Mike Wynn and, and Cal Jones in the two years I was there, both great coaches um, and uh, and really the, the the opportunity I had as a walk on uh, was that. I could prove myself and I, and I came in, uh, ineligible to play back then when you transferred, you were mm-hmm. ineligible for a year. Uh, I had to get my, uh, my academics straightened out too. I was, uh, at Augustana, it's a, a trimester system and at the U, as you know, it's a, it's a quarter system. So I'll, I was like a, uh, a credit and a half short, on everything, <laughs> right. so I had, I had to I had to tread some water there, but uh, but got it turned around. Um, and uh, yeah, my junior year uh, with the Gophers, I ended up leading the Big Ten in sacks, tied with Andre Tippett. <coughs> well, my senior year, we didn't. No one threw the ball against us because right. we were buying it all the time. <laughs> so so uh, I didn't get to rush the passer much.
0: <laughs> well couple of things cha- have changed. Uh, first of all, we're, the university is now a, a semester school. <laughs> right. And uh, when you first came in, were you a defensive lineman or were you an offensive lineman?
1: No, I was a defensive lineman. I played okay. uh, I played defensive end at Augustan. I played defensive tackle at the U. Um, and uh, when I got drafted by the Broncos, it was as a nose guard uh not a lot of 240 pound nose guards in right. the NFL but, but uh but uh I I could I could rush the passer and and that's what coach Wind taught me you know when I got mm-hmm. in there he he had had a cup of coffee with the Raiders and uh he he told me you know Carl if you can rush the passer they're going to find a place for you in the NFL and, that, and that's exactly what happened they actually found a whole bunch of places for me in the NFL I played yeah. all seven front positions. Sometimes in one game, they'd move me around all the time and uh, let me uh, let me uh, do my thing. Tackle the guy with the ball. Um, <laughs> uh,
0: and also uh, Coach Jones, Cal Jones. Uh, the, yeah. s- the shortest <laughs> shortest coach I've ever seen. Yeah, uh, he would he would jump
1: in the big guy's face. Now he <laughs> oh, <laughs> grabbed yeah. by the by the. It, it, grab you by the face mask and pull you down to his height and give <laughs> you a talking too. <laughs>
0: so what do you think, uh, turn the light bulb on for you as far as, a you know,
1: it, it, it wasn't, it was opportunity. Uh, I don't know that it was turning the light bulb on as much. It was just opportunity. I, I, uh, um, when I was at, uh, in high school, uh, I was at Washburn high school and grew up in that area. Okay. And then I transferred we, uh, the family moved, I transferred to Edina West, uh, Edina West had, uh, a system where they had, you know, they groomed their guys and had them in their system all the way through. And I, I wasn't part of that system. And so the, so I, you know, I didn't get a chance early on there. Um, when I did, I, I, I played well, um, at, at Augustana, you know, I, 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 like I said, I grew, um, and I got stronger and, and, and I got better, uh, I, I learned a lot there at Augustana. That was a, that was really a good move for me, truthfully. Um, pastor Pete, uh, Richard Peterson was his name, was a, the defensive line coach. He was also uh, a Lutheran pastor, and he was also the dean of men of the school. Uh, so I, for the first time in my life, I saw someone who was a combination of Christian faith, of uh, academics, and and a tough football guy, all thrown into one thing. And, and that was a a real good, um, influence on me. Uh, he, he was a mentor and a friend and a a guy that, uh, that I really wanted to be. Uh, and then, then all that stuff happened with the, with the scholarship I left and came, came to Minnesota, had the same kind of, uh, relationship with Mike Wynn and, 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 um, you know, he, uh, he took care of me. I, I had a, a knee injury. As soon as I earned a scholarship at the University of Minnesota, I tore a ligament in my knee in, in spring game. Oh, and and uh, you know there was talk of having me give the scholarship back, and I mean there was all kinds of stuff. I was like <laughs> there's no way <laughs> that's not happening. Uh, so uh, you know I I, uh, I hung in there, and and uh, and Mike had my back, and and uh, you know I got to play. I alternated with a senior again. Uh, because he was a senior, not because he was better than me. But I, like I said, I ended up uh, leading the Big Ten in sacks at the end of the year. So, uh,
2: so yeah, I had
1: I I had opportunity when I had an opportunity, I would make the best of it. Uh, same thing when I got to to the the Broncos. I was the uh, 310th pick of the draft. I was <laughs> 20 guys away from Mr. Irrelevant. That was the last pick. So a 12th rounder. Um, got to training camp. Had uh, had the same number as a starter. <laughs> That's not a good sign when right. you go to straight camp with the same numbers I, I I had a hole in my sock now, I don't know if you've ever done this before uh to to a player, but I, I had a hole in my sock i go to the i go to the equipment manager ask for another pair of socks and and his response was, What's the matter with the other sock? He only gave me one sock <laughs> so, <laughs> you, know, you know where you're at <laughs> when they're only giving you one sock but uh but i back then you played football at training camp, you know, right. you, you guys hit, it wasn't, it wasn't running around in shorts and I could play football. I'll hit you. I don't look real good in shorts, but, <laughs> but, but I, I can play football. So, uh, you know, I made the team as a third down pass rusher and a special teams player. Um, a couple of years in, uh, they asked me to make a switch to linebacker. Uh, Randy Gratishar had retired. Um, they had a, they had a need there and, and they saw a, you know, I was kind of a tweener, and they said, you know, we, we think you can help us more at linebacker than you can at defensive line. Uh, made the switch, uh, went to the Pro Bowl that year as an all-pro linebacker. So um, you, I guess, taking advantage of opportunities when they arise is, is really kind of the story of, of my football career, for sure.
0: Uh, who was the head coach with Denver when you were drafted?
1: Dan Reeves, okay. and and Dan and that was that was another thing I think that really helped me is because Dan was a guy that uh, was not the goal the blue chipper the you know the 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 golden boy mm-hmm. coming in either I mean he was a he was a special teams guy and a, and a running back and and he, they even had him as a backup quarterback at times and I mean he he would do whatever the team wanted him to uh, and and I think that gives you value beyond um, beyond your athletic ability, if you can if you can um, put the team first, do whatever the team needs, uh, all of a sudden you become indispensable. I mean, I played 12 years in the NFL. The average career in the NFL is three years. Right. And and people you know people ask why. I say, well, I was underpaid. <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> I don't, but but truthfully, uh, I think it's because I, I would do whatever the team needed me to do. And, and whether that was, uh, I acted as a captain. I was, um, I was the, uh, the head of the players association for the team. Uh, I ran the, uh, the chapel service for the team, did all kinds of stuff for the team. And, and, and when, and when you embed yourself and, and really commit to the team, uh, all of a sudden they can't, they can't see the team without you and, and you stay.
0: And with Denver, um, you did take uh, have some trips to the Super Bowl, correct?
1: Yes, I played in three Super Bowls. Uh, lost all three. People from Minnesota should understand that.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but but uh, it was tough. But uh, but yeah, having the chance to go to the Super Bowl and play in the Super Bowl was just was awesome. I mean, that's what. What every little kid who puts a helmet on for the first time is thinking about, uh, you know, dreaming about. This is, you know, I, I want to play in that Super Bowl. Um,
0: even with losing, it must have it must have been somewhat satisfying and gratifying for somebody who, who was picked in the twelfth round, which is a round that doesn't exist anymore in the NFL. Now it only goes seven, and somebody who uh, had to pay their way through to get to that height and to uh, also be an all pro that must've, or getting to the pro bowl, that must've been very satisfying.
1: Oh, it was, it was. And, uh, you know, I, I just love playing football. Uh, and it, ca- it came down to that. There, it's a pretty simple game on defense, particularly in, in many ways, you know, it's, it's all about angles and it's using your hands properly, using your feet properly and, and being aggressive. And I, that, you know, my, my dad, told a story about me. when I played my very first game. I was 10 years old at Lynnhurst Park in South Minneapolis, down there playing uh, football fund- fun for is what we called it. Fundamentals We're down there. Um, and, and, you know, everybody had a different color jersey uh, because their mom bought it. And, you know, you got tape <laughs> on your forehead because uh, the coach can't tell one kid from the other on the, on the helmet there. And, you know, I was one of 65, 70 kids and my dad got there, and I was already done playing, so he puts his arm around me thinking I'm going to be sad and says, Carl, what do you think about football? And this is after my very first uh, first scrimmage, but, but it was a game to me. Right. And my response was, Dad, I really love to smash guys. <laughs> I, was, I was a linebacker, <laughs> right. 10 years old. I, that was what I wanted to do. And, and I, I loved that. I loved the, the physical contact and the, and the man-on-man challenge of football.
0: Well, I'm going to, uh, back you up here just a little bit. What, beyond your, 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 um, your interactions with coach Win and coach, uh, Jones, what, uh, stood out at your time at the university of Minnesota?
1: You know, I, I grew up being a, a gopher fan. My dad would take me to games. Um, remember, uh, you know, going to the old brick house and, and, uh, Sitting in there and 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 watching uh sandy stevens and and those guys i mean it just some unbelievable great football being played and and uh wanting to be a part of that and having a chance to play my junior year was the last year uh in the old brick house at, uh, you know on right. campus my uh my senior year was the first year in um uh, in the dome so uh you know, there, there was really a different kind of attitude and kind of, uh, just, just, uh, feeling, um, and, and, uh, just support, uh, the the students couldn't get down to the dome. I mean, they didn't, (laughs) maybe they could have, but they didn't, um, you know, it was, it was, uh, half empty and it was, uh, you know, it just wasn't, wasn't the same atmosphere. And, and, and I'm so glad that, uh, that you're back on campus and, and, uh, the, The feeling's back and the the great football's back.
0: Yeah, a lot of people did not get to witness that in their their time at the university. I, uh, For the longest time before I left athletics was one of the last people who had the the, claim the fame of actually working in uh, Memorial Stadium. And um, it was totally different. It had a totally different feel because I was then one of the people, first people to work at the uh, Metrodome. And it was so sterile down at the Metrodome, whereas um, at Memorial Stadium, it just felt like a college football game was supposed to feel.
1: Oh yeah, you you know, just walk down the the street there, and all the all the sororities and fraternities are you know out front partying, cheering on the cheering on the the Gophers, and and all the foot traffic going through, and the marching bands going by, and I mean it's just a whole different thing than. Than trying to find a place to park down by the dome. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> well, it didn't, I think, and not until uh, Glenn Mason did they actually start. And oddly enough, I just saw Glenn Mason's at a Costco like a half an hour ago. Um, huh. <laughs> um, they um, started running shuttles from campus to <laughs> the Metrodome because. They didn't think the the students needed a lift to the Metrodome, which was, yeah, it was less, technically it was less than two miles away, but that was kind of a weird two miles to try to, you know. You you don't want to go over those bridges. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So, no, not until uh, Coach Mace, I think he might have said something or somebody figured it out that, they started to. They needed to start to run shuttles back to campus. Um, For sure. Any great players stick out in your mind that you played against at the university?
1: Well, um, yeah. I mean, there was there was a ton of a ton of uh, of good players around. I mean, playing with uh, the Fonhorse brothers
0: um, mm-hmm.
1: were uh, were guys that uh, that ended up in the NFL and, and, uh, we great players. Um, you know, uh, Todd Hallstrom, um, you know, had, was, was in the, in the league for a little while. Um, Ken Delafour had, had a pretty long career in, in the NFL, uh, guys that, uh, that came through, um,
2: we didn't, we didn't win
1: a ton of games, uh, but we, uh, we were able to play against great opposition. I mean, one of, one of the reasons, and, and I think really the, the main reason the Broncos ended up drafting me is they drafted Chris Hinton uh, first that year, mm-hmm. 1983, and, uh, and Chris was a offensive lineman at, at uh, Northwestern. And so I had lined up against him all game when we played Northwestern. We lost the game, but uh, I had a very good game against him. I had a couple sacks and ate him up all day long. And they drafted him first, and they're looking at the film and they're like, "Well, wait a second, <laughs> this guy can <laughs> chew him up like that. Maybe we should, maybe we should draft him in in a late round." So, uh, so that's how I ended up here in Denver. So having those opportunities to play against players like Chris um, and 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 other guys and and the Big 10 was really a, an advantage uh, for me uh, once I got to the NFL because the, the Big 10 is about as close as you can get to NFL football in college so uh, that was a that was a good place for me to be
0: yeah uh, chris hinton is a um hinton is a answer to a trivia question which is who got traded for um john elway
1: <laughs> It was yep.
0: chris hinton yeah
1: chris hinton <laughs> And, and a couple other guys, but right. he was the main guy. Yeah. yeah, he
0: he tells a story when he went to Denver and he was met at the airport and he was signing autographs and people were there to slap him on the back. And when he got traded to to the Colts, he got off the plane. He looked around there; there was nobody paying any attention to him. So he <laughs> <laughs> he just like, no. He yeah, he was, actually,
1: yeah, actually, he was in Baltimore then. It was the Baltimore right. Colts. Yep. Yeah, yeah, because we played them in the preseason that year. Talk about an angry crowd base when Elway hit the field. <laughs> they were not happy. They were not happy with him. <laughs>
0: so how uh, how was it playing with John Elway?
1: Oh, what a what a great teammate. Um, a guy that uh, that really made our job much easier. As a, as a defensive player, uh, you to make big plays, you have to take some chances and we were able to take chances. We knew if we got behind, as long as we kept it close, uh at the end of the game, we were going to have a good chance to win it. I mean, that was that was his deal. He was an unbelievable 2-minute quarterback and a guy that uh that just would make things happen in 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 clutch moments his whole career. So, yeah, he w- he was a great great teammate. He still a friend and a guy that was uh was uh the other captain on the team. So, uh he and I were were team captains for for most of our careers
0: well john elway won me 20 bucks with the drive one day so, <laughs> <laughs> so you guys now, the won- drive
1: the, the drive just tied the game right right so we but, uh we and, and we lost the toss and right. had to go back out there um and we went three and out and uh got that got that field goal that uh, went right over the top of the upright and anybody from Ohio was sure it was no good <laughs> <laughs> but the, but but the refs hands went up and we were going to the Super Bowl so, so that was quite a deal there
0: No the reason why I won it right soon could be because of the point spread even if the team would have scored a touchdown, they wouldn't have kicked the extra point. And I think you were a seven-point dog. And my two college roommates at the time balled up their $10 bills and hit me with it. Because <laughs> they knew they wouldn't. at that point they couldn't cover. So, and, sure. and we made the bet while you guys were losing.
1: No.
2: So
0: I must have thought about you and said, no, Carl's going to win this game.
1: There you go. So, yeah, I had two. I had two of the three tackles in the overtime. So hey.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's well. I did not know that your route started in Minneapolis. Um,
1: yeah, yeah. I I I, uh, I grew up down there. Um, played uh, played a couple of years at, at Washburn, and then uh, moved to Edina.
0: Yeah, I, my my uh, last college roommate was. Uh, He's a few years younger than you, but he's a uh, Washburn grad, and um, I wonder even if he knew that you uh, <laughs> that you had spent some time at Washburn High. We're 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 bowling buddies now, so I got to ask him if he knew that or not.
1: Yeah, I grew up at 51st and Fremont. Okay, so right down there.
0: Yeah, I'm, matter of fact, I uh, wound up youth coaching for a while. Back at uh, um, in Southwest Minneapolis, hockey and football. So, sure, yeah, that was uh,
1: yeah. We were that's right across the creek. We were we were Lindhurst Park. They were and and Washburn High School, and then on the other side of the creek, it was uh, Southwest. Right.
0: So yeah, they were a rival and um, coached against them many a times. Now in hockey, they were. Um, depending on where the lines were drawn, some of those kids wound up with us and some wound up with Washburn. Um, now your time in in the NFL, you, you, you're a captain. You, you've unfortunately lost three Super Um, with any, uh, with personal development, uh, how was that for you?
1: Well, just the, the, the changes that, that, uh, that come with time in the NFL. I mean, and 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 truthfully, I was like I said earlier, was not somebody they expected to make the team. Um, I, I made the team. I, I I made the switch to linebacker. Um, and and Joe Collier, our defensive coordinator, was a guy who uh, got to know his players well enough that he could trust them in situations that other players weren't given the opportunity to play. And he, he moved me all around. I mean, there were games where I played all seven front positions. I move I, wherever he thought the ball was going, uh, he, he moved me in the, in that area. The, um, it, w- it was really, uh, an interesting setup because it, what it did is, is we were able to play different defenses without substituting and, and, and really it made it much more difficult for offenses to figure out what we we're doing. So, all of a sudden, you know, it looks like we're in a four-man line, but then I'm I'm going down, you know, with my hand in the ground, and all of a sudden we're in a short yardage type defense, or, or vice versa. I line up like I'm I'm a defensive lineman, and all of a sudden I'm back as a linebacker, and and they gotta they gotta make all kinds of adjustments and 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 game plan adjustments coming in uh, to to just figure out, you know, what we're doing, and instead of being able to just watch the substitutions and seeing what we're doing, so it was a it was a a pretty um, amazing um, situation to be in to to be that guy that, that that they're using to to really build the game plan around. So I, I had I had uh, all kinds of opportunities, uh, but with those opportunities uh, come challenges. Um, you better make the play. I mean, I'm, all of a sudden, you know, the defensive end says, "Well, you know, why, why can't you just leave me at the point of attack <laughs> instead of putting Carl over there?" Well, uh, if I don't make the play, he's absolutely right. If I make the play, then, then, uh, then, then fine. It's the best thing for the team. So, uh, I tried to do it was ever Well, whatever was best for the team. Um, it obviously wasn't my idea to do all that moving around, but what it did is it, is it allowed me to, uh, to, to really understand football from, from all different angles. Uh, as an inside linebacker, you're supposed to know what everybody's doing. You're supposed to get them lined up right and make all the, the adjustment calls and do all those things. So I, on paper, I knew exactly what everybody was supposed to do, but, but knowing what somebody's supposed to do and then being able to do it is a completely (laughs) different thing. Uh, so, so, uh, I was, I was, uh, not only on paper understood what, what was everybody was doing, but I, but I could do it. And that was, uh, that was something that nobody's ever done in the NFL and, and right. probably never will uh, it was a it, not only did I have to understand all seven front positions but everybody else had to know too because uh, every if I moved to their spot they had to move somewhere else so uh, it was a smart team uh, and it was a it was a a, a different type of defense that, that hasn't been seen before
0: now um, outside of getting a starter's number and giving us a, a sock with a hole in it, uh, <laughs>
1: which yeah, I, I had to wear the, I had to wear the, the shoes that, that Masson gave me. No, did you? <laughs> they, they wouldn't let me, they wouldn't give me any new shoes. <laughs> and
0: I, wow. and I wasn't going
1: to go buy them.
0: <laughs> what, what a change in the world of, of athletics period, Carl. I could tell you it would blow your mind what the kids at the college level receive now, not less sure. probably what they receive at the pros but I was yeah. going <laughs> I was going to ask you what what do you think clicked for you that um that it all, you know, when did you know or when did it click that you knew you were sticking around and um, and if you can, if you could talk about it, maybe you don't know. Yeah. What Yeah, uh, sure. What uh, yeah,
1: you're uh, you're talking about with the with the Broncos? Yes. Uh yeah, first uh first preseason game. Um we had, I had, I had been, like I said, drafted as a nose guard. I, I tore a ligament in my elbow, um, that, that training camp. And so I couldn't play nose guard. You got to be able to lock out both arms at nose guard. So they mm-hmm. moved me to defensive end. Um, and, and so I'm, I'm a defensive end that, and and I'd only practice a couple of days at defensive end. And they put me in, in the third quarter of the first preseason game. And somehow we were playing Seattle, somehow Seattle's starter, a guy named Ron Essink, was still in the game. And I don't know if he was overweight and they were trying to work it off him or <laughs> he was in trouble. So I don't know. But, but I got I got two sacks and forced a fumble in one quarter of play. I was named defensive player of the game. Elway was named offensive player of the game. And, and I played on our nickel defense from that point on my for 12 years. Uh, so that, that was really the... The point I think I had already uh, made a name for myself in practice um, but there's a lot of guys who play real well in practice and, and, and don't in games right. so uh, I got I got that opportunity to show that I could do it in the game too and, and took advantage once again.
0: Uh, speaking of college, do you keep up with college sports college you know football not
1: at all? N- yeah not not at the same level as I keep up with with uh, pro football. Um, when, when the Gophers came out to play Colorado last year, uh, they contacted me and asked me to come speak to the team at, uh, at the pregame lunch. And so I was able to to come by and and speak to the kids. So that was, that was pretty fun. Uh, coach Fleck was, uh, was very hospitable and, and what a, what a great guy, what a great representative of the the university of Minnesota. You can tell the kids love him. Uh, and, and, uh, I got in big trouble out here cause the, the <laughs> gophers just whipped Colorado. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, well, wait a second. Why don't you talk for our guys? <laughs> <They're> like, no, <"Nah." laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, there's, uh, there's, there's a real pride seeing, seeing them play good, both good football again. And, and uh, it's exciting to see.
0: Um, do you, uh, you probably heard of, and I don't know how close you pay attention to things like uh, name, image, and like, likeness, and the um, yeah, transfer yeah. portal and all those things. How do you feel about that?
1: Well, How do I feel about it? Uh, I, I, You know, I, I think the the kids have it, – there's two sides to it, I guess, is, is the best way for me to look at it. Um, yes, they should be students um, that, that should be part of the, re, the, the requirements. You got to pass classes and, and do mm-hmm. that. But, but, but also, um, it's really tough to, to survive without any money in college. I mean, right. I, 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 ended up, uh, I walked on at, at the university of Minnesota. I was working as a bouncer when I was I wasn't old enough to go to a bar, but I was <laughs> as a bouncer, <laughs> that's what, I mean, just so I could have enough money to, to buy a hamburger or, you know, ha- have uh, take, take a girl out on a date or whatever. It was, uh, it, it, it really was restrictive the way it was. And it, and, it, and it wasn't fair in many ways. Cause those kids were bringing in so much money for the, for the school and the sports program. It makes sense that they, they get some sort of stipend or, you know, uh, a piece of it anyway. So I don't, I don't have a problem with it. Uh, I, I do, um, and, and, and I do think that, uh, there are guys who who don't play college football, even though they like to play college football because they, they don't have, they don't have time They're They're, they got to work to, to go to school. And, and, uh, you know, so it's, uh, yeah, I, I I think it's a step in the right direction. And I also think it's going to be an advantage for, uh, coach Fleck and the Gophers. Cause coach Fleck is the kind of guy that kids want to play for. And they don't know what they want when they, when they go to a, a college program, when they're just coming out of high school, they don't, a lot of them don't have enough sense to, to look at the coach and, and realize that he's going to be in control of their lives for four years. Right. Uh, but they get there and all of a sudden, Oh no, so I, I, uh, I signed on with, uh, Tilla the hun. And, and, and then, then, uh, you know, they talk to their friends and, and find out, Hey, wait a second. Uh, uh, P.J. Fleck and the Gophers are are the kind of team that you want to play for. They're, you know, just upbeat and and positive guy that uh, that wants nothing but success for the kids. So I, I I think I think it's an advantage for for the University of Minnesota to to have the system the way it is now.
0: The the only thing that bothers me about uh, uh, name, Im- image, and likeness, and also the transfer portal and. Uh, I, I one, I do think the scholarships need to be supersized. But on top of that, how a lot of people in the press have devalued the college scholarship and the college education. They almost make it seem like it's worth nothing. And as a father of two kids who've gone to college and had to pay their own way, and me try yeah, to no, help them. <laughs> that's
1: yeah, that's expensive. <laughs> right.
0: So right, you know, yeah. for for the, you know the and it and it's a lot of press people who never played the, the game and, and they just they for some reason have something they they want to destroy the NCAA, which I, I don't understand why that is what grudge they hold against, you know, now you hear them say that they're treating the kids like free labor and all these things. But again, you know, that scholarship is worth something if you, if you, if you uh, use it.
1: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I got my degree in biology. It hasn't, I I can tell you what kind of bug it is or what kind of fish I caught. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, I was a pre-med major um, and and took school very seriously, um, and and truthfully, learning how to learn uh, allowed me to do a lot of the things I was able to do in the NFL. Um, so so yeah, there's there's definitely value there, no question about it.
0: Yeah, uh, it just it just it just kind of bugs me. Like I said, also as a parent, and watching kids accrue debt, and uh, you know these athletes have an opportunity. To- to get an education and walk away. Now, I will say they are graduating at <laughs> seven times the the amount in, in players back in your day. I mean, you know, you're talking about 70% graduation rates right now for, you know, the athletes are out graduating the, the normal student body in a lot of ways, which is wonderful.
1: That is. Yeah, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that was... I- I was a bit of an outsider uh, I mean it's like I I I didn't have time to go to study hall I had I got to I had work to do. <laughs> <was no> <laughs> so so yeah I I I I didn't uh really fit in in a lot of ways uh with my pre-med major and my you know my transferring in and doing the things that I did it was uh but in in a lot of ways um again I le- I learned I mean like I said at Augustana I I wouldn't I wouldn't have uh missed that for the world and truthfully at the University of Minnesota I learned regardless of what was going on around me to to do my best and and that was a thing that uh that really um is applicable in many ways in life uh that that you, you know to if 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 you're not going to uh, do your best when, when things are falling, falling down around you, then, uh, you know, you're just part of the problem. So, so I was, uh, I was definitely, uh, it was, a, it was a good lesson to learn. Uh,
0: my next question, and I'm going to apologize because there is a level of ignorance here on my part and, and forgive me. And if you, if you tell me no, then I'm starting a rally. For you, and if you tell me yes, I'm going to be very happy. Are you uh, in the Gopher Hall of Fame? No. Okay, I'm starting to no, rally. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get that. Yeah.
1: No, I don't. I don't either. I mean, just from uh, from uh, I'm I'm in the Dyna Hall of Fame. Okay. <laughs> I'm in the I'm in the Denver Broncos Ring of Fame. I don't, I don't understand either. It it, uh, it I I would think it would help to have have my picture up there somewhere. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, I don't I don't know. It's once again the 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 situation I was in was was a different situation. You know, I came in uh, uh, non scholarship wasn't one was wasn't one of Coach Swisher's guys. Or wasn't one of coach uh the, I was I wasn't a gopher, uh, from their right. standpoint. Um I I um uh, I earned a scholarship, I got hurt, they tried to take it away, I told them to go jump. <laughs> they couldn't take it away. Was it Cal <laughs> Stall
0: before Joe? Yeah,
1: it was Cal Stall originally, but then it was uh um no, I'm I'm losing his name, but but yeah, it was the guy after Cal Stone.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, Cal, Cal, yeah, Cal had recruited me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, and and then uh, th- then I ended up uh, transferring after uh, after he left. And Joe Salem is the guy who who took over, right? So it was Joe Salem, and and it was you know like I said, Coach Wynn was on my side in this in the whole deal, but. No, they they asked me to give the scholarship back and I'm I it's a 4-year contract in the Big 10, you know, in in the south, south uh in the SEC, it's it's not they they can take away your scholarship any time, but in the Big 10 it's a it's a 4-year contract and I was uh I wasn't going to give it up. It got so bad they had me rehab my knee in the women's training room. They won't let me go to the men's training room. <laughs> it was, I I I I I, uh, I was uh recovering from the the injury on my knee and, and uh, in an effort to get me to try to quit, they, they loaded up a a squat rack and just let it go. Uh, I thought that's what I was supposed to do. It's obviously not, but just ripped all the, all the scar tissue and stuff. And, um, you know, it was, it was, (laughs) it hurt worse than the original injury. Uh, But then I, uh, I was able to recover. And like I said, led the big 10 in sacks the next year. But it was not. Um, it was not a, a happy. Uh, they, they didn't love me, and I and I certainly didn't love them. <laughs> I love the team. Uh, I love I love my position coaches. I lo- you know, but but yeah, I I wasn't uh, I wasn't Mr. Gopher. So <laughs> it doesn't surprise me that I'm not in the in their uh, well in their Hall was- of Fame.
0: I grabbed the 2002 football media guide, which you now have to go online to find a media guide for teams or a yearbook or whatever they called it. And I, and I quickly thumb through, and guess whose photo popped up? Yours. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Five-time Pro Bowl selection for the Denver Broncos was named the team's most outstanding defensive player in 1982.
1: Huh. So... Well, the- there you go. Nobody told me, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, it, it
0: was Cal, St- uh, Cal stall before Joe Salem. So,
1: right. Yeah. Cal was the guy who recruited me out of high school and then decided that now he wasn't going to give me a scholarship. So that right. was, uh, yeah. And then, and then Joe was the guy when I transferred there and, and Joe, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I know Joe's, uh, sons, they they're still coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, yeah tim's good. at
0: Pitt.
1: oh is he at Pitt now okay he was at augustana for a while which was ironic i thought <laughs> so, so uh yeah he's, so, yeah, uh,
0: he's a college good, good coaches
1: uh, yeah. yeah good coaches just not uh didn't didn't see in me what uh what other coaches saw in me which uh you know i don't under, uh, who knows what he was looking for but Apparently it wasn't me.
0: (laughs) Well, I, I have the ear of the president of the M club, so I'm going to whisper. There you go. I'm going to whisper. Let me in.
1: (laughs) Let me me in. I would love to be. And, and, and truthfully, um, yeah, I, it was, I I actually originally was going to transfer to UCLA. My, my girlfriend from Minnesota was out in UC San Diego. Mm -hmm. Um, and she was going to transfer to UCLA and I was going to transfer to UCLA. And, uh, that coach Donahue, uh, never returned a phone call. And back then you had to pay for long distance phone right. calls and I didn't have any money. <laughs> so, so, uh, when I was playing in the, in, in the pros, every time I had a game in California, I was somehow bring up the, the fact that I meant to play at UCLA, except <laughs> they wouldn't return my phone calls coach Donahue. So it was, uh, yeah, that was always a, a, a fun interview.
0: <laughs> Speaking of U- UCLA and USC, your thoughts on them joining the Big Ten?
1: Isn't that amazing? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that's a that's a that's a great thing for for the Big Ten. Uh, now it's it's not only uh, you know uh, 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 east side of the country, but you're pulling in the west side of the country too. Um, so yeah, it's a national. Um, organization now used to just you know be the Big Ten now how many numbers is it with Big, sixteen or something? Yeah, uh, it's sixteen,
0: yeah. right? What those two, sixteen, and right. they and the the uh, uh, commissioner of the Big Ten basically said they're not done. Interesting. Yeah, they're they're yeah. they're hoping that this new deal that's media deal that starts in 2024 that includes all three of the major, you know, well, not all three, but uh, Fox, NBC, and CBS, that will put some pressure on Notre Dame to finally get its butt into the conference that it belongs in. And um, and then from there, then uh, bring in three other schools and make it 20 and call it quits. <laughs> Yeah.
1: So. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, that that's way beyond me. Uh, <laughs> I, I was, I was about X's and O's and tackling guys, <laughs> but the, the, um, yeah, the trying, trying to navigate, the, the changes in, in, uh, in college football, um, just from a financial and a, and a organizational standpoint is, uh, is a challenge and, and there are teams, uh, out here in Colorado, university of Colorado. I don't know what's going to happen with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they may have to step down a level or something. I, truthfully, I, I, it's, and, and they, this is a team that's won national championships and has, has been since my time out here has been, uh, been really well supported and, and, a, and a strong representative and, and all of a sudden, you know, they're, they're getting left outside. So I don't know. It's uh, yeah. it's an interesting, uh, Shuffling of of uh, of power and of of uh, of football ability, I guess. And, and then I mean, you throw in the the hockey and the, and the basketball mm-hmm. and, and and all the other programs too. How does that affect them? I I don't know.
0: Well, suppose uh, USC has a great uh, club hockey team. So supposedly the word is that they are going to go varsity. Which interesting, yeah. The big team, well, I know right?
1: hockey's uh, yeah hockey's big out there just uh, with with the pro hockey so right. and 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 uh, they do have some uh, kind of club teams for the kids so yeah
0: um, yeah it's just it's 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 weird that you know you look you go back and Penn State joined and everybody was like what the heck and then Nebraska joined and it's like what's going on and one de- one decision by Texas to get greedy with money and start their own network literally caused all this because then the the effect was a um, and Missouri ran to the SEC um, to join Arkansas, who had gone a little bit before them, and um, Colorado ran to the Pac-12. Yeah. And now <laughs> with – USC and UCLA joining the Big Ten. <laughs> the Pac-12's in trouble in imploding, so who knows? Yeah, uh, yeah. You said that you follow uh, the NFL more than college sports. Uh, what do you think of the, all the changes in that game since you left?
1: Yeah, you know, the, the adjustments have all been, I think, uh, a response to the concussion lawsuit. Um, you know that that has has got the wheels spinning um, as far as as just the way the game is played. Uh, you you know trying to trying to play a power game is uh, is a challenge. Um, but uh, there are there are some teams that do it. Um, I I uh, I don't know the uh, I don't know if I'd make it now cause I was all about the, the hitting and being hit. I mean, mm-hmm. that was, that was my game. And, uh, there's, there's not nearly as much of that or, or not as much of a call for that. It's a, it's a speed game. It's a finesse game. Uh, the teams that, uh, that win championships are, are passing the ball a lot more than it used to be. Um, now I could rush the passer. So maybe there is a spot for me in the, in, in, in the NFL at this point, but I, 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 I once again, I don't know how you make the team if you if you're not hitting in practice. I don't look good in shorts. <laughs> so uh so yeah. Um it that 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 piece of it. Now obviously the money has has changed tremendously. My first contract with the Broncos was sixty thousand dollars for the year. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, you know, now the base salary is, is you know that's that's a couple of games. <laughs> <laughs> right. Since, uh, <laughs> Uh, the whole year. Um, I, uh, I was the first middle linebacker to make a million dollars a year. I was the highest paid for four days, but I, <laughs> but I broke the barrier. So that was pretty cool. Right. Um, uh, and, uh, and yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a whole different thing. The other thing that's really changed and I think has, has multiplied the money is their, um, acceptance and, uh, and beyond that, they're, uh, you know, just, buying into to gambling um when i was playing there's a sign on every locker room wall that says you know you, if you even uh, associate with a known gambler you're going to lose your job right. uh, and now you know that's the biggest sponsors <laughs> of the league uh i, I do uh i do um, appearances and speeches for groups that are down at the the Broncos stadium and, and more than half of the time, I'm, I get down there and it's for uh, it's, it's for uh, some sort of gambling thing. It's, it's amazing how they bought into that. Finally, uh, you know, putting a team in, in Vegas and, and uh, you know, saying, okay, well, somebody has been making money off of this. Maybe it should be us now. So, so that the NFL, that, that has been a huge change.
0: Even though you had the one player who was, uh, must have thought it was okay to bet on games, <laughs> and he was. Right. He got suspended for a year. I um, yeah. can't think of his name. He's a former. He's a receiver f- from uh, yeah. Alabama, but um, yeah, it's it's. I would I would think that you probably would still uh, been successful. Now you did play in a division that. That uh threw the ball more probably than any other division in, in uh pro football at the time. And that was the old AFC West with um the Raiders and the Broncos and the Chargers. Yeah, the Chargers.
1: Yeah, Seattle. Right. And Kansas City. Yep. Kansas City at that time was not uh not doing much.
0: No. As uh I grew up in Missouri and believe me, with Uh, losing the Cardinals and then Kansas, Kansas city being terrible. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm not a big pro football person. I'm more into the college game. Um, That's where, you know, I spent my time and that's where my heart is, but yeah, it's just. uh, It's fun
1: to follow guys when they get to the pros though. you, You saw come through the program or you saw playing on other teams. I'm sure.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, you know, you try to keep track of them and and see and see what, how they're doing and where they're at and but they don't like you said they don't last long. It's about 3 years and then you're <laughs> then it's all then it's all over with.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I saw on the uh the news the other day they were doing a thing about who's the the up and coming guy for each of the teams and I saw Bateman was a big guy for uh for the team he's on. He was, uh, they're really excited about his, uh, his uh, ability to, to play in the NFL. So that's, mm-hmm. that's good to hear.
0: Um. So what, what do you, what do you, um, um, what think, what do you think caused your longevity in the, um, NFL?
1: Well, uh, First of all, I, was, uh, I didn't make it because I was the best athlete. I was the 310th pick because I was the athlete that I was. Uh, so when I started getting injuries, it didn't. A three-legged mule can still pull. a <laughs> That was not a problem. Not a problem. Uh, what made me uh, a really good NFL player is decisiveness. Uh, for me, it was taking the first step in the right direction before anybody else did. If you can do that, all the angles change in your favor. Uh, and, and that you do that uh, you, through preparation, going into the situation, understanding what's, what, what you're seeing and, and letting yourself go. Uh, I, I, um, I, I think there are a lot of players who are great athletes, and I saw them over and over coming to training camps, but they would not allow themselves to move when it was time to move. They had to be right, and, and if you have to be right, um, you know, you're going to be wrong every once in a while in the NFL or in, in, in any sport. Uh, but you, but you got to move. Not moving is always wrong, right? So mm-hmm. I, I, that, that to me, that decisiveness, that taking the first step, that was my game, and and that, that didn't. As I got older, that didn't leave. Uh, the other piece of it was I got involved in every part of the team I possibly could. I, I was a special teams guy. I was a I was a lineman, I was a, uh, you know, an outside linebacker, an inside linebacker, I, I, I did whatever they asked me to do, uh, and, and, uh, and more, so, so for me, that, that commitment to the team, uh, was, was, um, what made me indispensable, and they, they couldn't see the team without me, and actually, when I finally left, the, the owner called me into his office and asked me to, you know, please come back, <laughs> It's like nah, I'm done, but, it, you know, it was, um, it was a great situation to be in, and what a what a wonderful place to end up, to end up in Colorado um, and spend my whole career here, and I'm still here, uh, has been uh, such a blessing for my family and for me. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm still people. But I've been retired for 27 years from the NFL. People still, you know, every day somebody stops me oh carl you did this for me this at this time or i remember when you did this or that and it's like oh it it happens all the time and it's uh it's pretty neat to be uh to be recognized and to be part of the fabric of the of this community
0: so um what have you been doing since you left the nfl well
1: i'm a a professional speaker i do about 40 keynotes a year all around the country um Talk about teamwork, courage, dedication, desire, honesty, and forgiveness. Goal Uh, setting—it's all story-based and uh, and and tailored for the organization and and their challenges and their successes and what's important to them. So, uh, so yeah, I I love it. I get to perform and I never get hurt. It works out great.
0: (laughs) So, what what why do you think uh, former athletes make great motivational speakers?
1: Well, I think that I think the um, the average citizen can can watch a sporting event and say, okay, the, the the home team is playing like a team, the visitors are not playing like a team. They know what a team looks like, uh, but they don't they don't put that in their own life. They don't they don't say, okay, I'm. I'm a teammate as as far as my family goes or I'm I'm a leader as far as my business goes or as far as my community goes and my my job, my job is to go in and and remind people cuz I I'm talking I'm speaking for adults they, I'm not I can't tell them things they don't already know but, but what I can do is remind them that that how important it is to be a good teammate how how important that is from a family standpoint from a business standpoint and from a community standpoint and, and then what, what a good teammate is and then how, how you can, uh, how you can, uh, affect your team and, and without being a CEO or or, 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 anything like that. Um, I played with some guys that were unbelievable athletes, great players, great teammates, but really didn't get a chance to play much. Gary Kubiak comes to mind mm-hmm. I and mean, Gary Kubiak was a stud. Gary Kubiak was an eight time all state athlete in Texas. I mean, that's, that is, you know, if you're going to do that, he was all state twice in basketball, twice in baseball, twice in track and twice in football. He set every record you could set at Texas, Texas A&M as a quarterback and, uh, and got to the NFL was drafted by the Broncos uh, was, was running first team with the, with the, uh, with the rookies uh, in summer workouts. And, and, and then they traded for Elway and, and Gary wouldn't go play. Um, And he knew it, uh, but instead of raising a stink about it, he did everything he could to get the team ready to play. He was our scout team uh, quarterback for years. Uh, He would not only study the offense's stuff so he'd be ready in case Elway got hurt, but he would study the defense's stuff. He'd study the other team's quarterback and and imitate him in practice and how he threw the ball, who he threw the ball to against what defenses, how how, – how he carried himself. I mean, it was it was amazing the, the the work he put into it, and he took great pride in it. Uh, he would come up to me before every game. He had this uh, tradition: come up to me before every game and say, "Mac, hold up the class." And I thought about what that meant, and, and you know, obviously we were drafted the same year, mm-hmm. uh, so that was part of it. But but the other part of it was he's telling me, Carl, I, I've got I've done everything I could all week to get you ready for this game. I got to stand on the sidelines with a hat on and a clipboard. Uh, it's your turn. Hold up the class. So, uh, so yeah, uh, it, 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 it is, it was an amazing, uh, adventure to play in the NFL and, and to, to meet the people. Uh, I got to meet obviously Kubiak has a lot of connections back there. And, uh, in Minnesota too, uh, you know. Obviously, with the Vikings, uh, he was he was a, a coach there for a long time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but but uh, he's still leading from the sidelines. I mean, that he he, he, he learned how to do that uh, by putting the team first, and and that's uh, that's a huge part of being successful. And, and and I think people need to understand that when they uh, when they go to work, that's that's the ultimate you want to if you want to have great success if you want to be indispensable if you want to be the person moving up in the in the world it's by being a good teammate
0: that is so true and i one thing i want the listeners to understand carl was one heck of a teammate and he was uh not only loved by his teammates but and and coaches but also the equipment staff, for sure, and the athletic medicine staff, which are the people who spend more time with the athletes than anybody. Um, you were one of Dick Matson's favorite athletes and favorite people. So I thought I'd let you know that. I appreciate that. Um, we all knew Matty was a, a, almost sometimes a brick short of a load, but he... <laughs> <laughs> But he loved his golfers, and he loved golfers who ran through a brick wall, as you would say.
1: Well, I had a lot of fun there; that's for sure, and got a good education. You know that—that's ultimately what you're there for, right? Um, yeah, I—I uh, I came out of there with a very good understanding of uh, of how to learn, and, and and you know the way the world changes, and the way uh, people move around from job to job, and stuff happens. You know you you gotta, you gotta know how to, know how to learn. And, and that you taught me that for sure.
0: Well, Carl, I'd like to thank you for uh, giving me some time with you. Uh, I really enjoyed it. And um, I want to, again, thank you for that. And I am going to, once we hang up here, um, I see I have a because I had asked a question earlier, uh, an email from the president of the M Club. So now I'll be asking him a different question. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, I, you know, sometimes pe- people say I can be a dog with a bone. I'll never let it go until, it, you know, until it's done right, so...
1: Well, I appreciate your help on that. It's uh, it would it would be a great honor to be uh, in the Hall of Fame there. Truthfully, it's uh, I still look at it. Minnesota is my my first home, and uh, to to you know the, the when I when I uh, was a kid growing up, wanting to play football. The the team I wanted to play for was the Gophers. I mean, that, the I uh, I there was no question about that. That was my first uh, brush with with uh being a fan was being a fan of the gophers so i never went to a pro game until i played in one (laughs) (laughs) well i went to a lot of gopher games
0: that was almost true for me except for the fact that i was uh, i had a one-day tryout with the raiders as they came to work out here at uh at the uh, indoor facility and uh al davis gave me unbeknownst to me he gave me a one day tryout. They, you know, he kind of kept an eye on me as we, um, as they were working out there, I must've failed, but at least he gave me his <laughs> business card and he told me to get in touch with it. It didn't yeah. work out, but you know, you, you never know until you know, as you say,
1: right. Yeah. <laughs> yep.
0: All right. Well, well I, thank you.
1: T- yep. Take care. I appreciate you contacting me and, uh, I'm I'll, uh, I'll definitely give you some love when, uh, when I'm in that Hall of Fame. Okay.
0: <laughs> I appreciate that. This has been Carl Mecklenburg here on the JB's Low Tech Podcast.
2: Our summers are so short in Minnesota, it can be easy to forget about important safety measures. And when extreme heat is involved, safety is even more critical. Here are a few things to remember to keep you and your loved ones, including your pets, safe and comfortable. One, remember to not leave your pets and kids in your vehicle. Two, always stay hydrated in hot weather. Three, avoid exercise during the hottest times of the day. Four, stay in air condition as much as possible. Five, when traveling, stay sky aware. Check the forecast prepare for unsafe driving conditions, thunderstorms, and tornadoes. High temperatures kill hundreds of people every year, but most heat-related deaths and illnesses are preventable. If we all slow down, take some time, check on our loved ones, and enjoy the beautiful season. I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. I hope you're never injured in a collision, but if you are, don't sign anything until you talk to us.
1: Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Bradshaw and Bryant.
0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the JB's Low Tech Podcast. It was wonderful to uh, catch up with Carl Mecklenburg. Like I said, he was an all-around good guy and a great player here at the University of Minnesota. And for sure, the the chant will be, Carl for the hall will start. Remember where it started, if Carl Mecklenburg makes it to the Gopher Sports Hall of Fame, flabbergasted that he's not in the Gopher Sports Hall of Fame, you know, with, you know, he, he had a pretty good career at the University of Minnesota and became even better as a pro and represents the university very well as a motivational speaker and an alumnus. Well, things keep going and continuing here at the JB's Low Tech podcast. I'm still lining up guests. I'm still working on some past gophers, and also people who are not athletes or not gophers. Talk talk many different people about many different things. I don't know how I'm able to do that, but um, I'm lucky, I guess. But I'm also lucky to have listeners like you, and I really appreciate it. Tell a friend. Come back. Yourself. Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google uh, Podcasts and many other outlets. Also, jb780 at comcast.net if you want to send me an email or a suggestion. And I take a look at my email, and if you send me an email, I'll send a response. So once again, thanks for listening. Here on the JB's Low Tech Podcast. JB
1: is my name, and f***ing up,
2: motherfuckers is my game.
0: Right on Negro, Black, African, Black, Black, Black. Django? J B. Damn, Dolomite.
1: Great card in heaven, you know. J B, our great Negro sex machine.